Lord, we just pray that we give you our whole self. Not just our body being present in this room, but that we would give you everything today. Lord, we don't want to miss out on the word that you have for us today. We don't want to walk out of here wondering in the same way we came in. And Lord, I pray, just as this word has blessed me, may it be a blessing to those that are in this room. Lord, I come against any spiritual forces that are at work, that bring blindness, that bring confusion, that brings distortion to your word of God. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you may arrest every foul spirit that is operating in the heavenly realms in Jesus' mighty name. And may your message come clearly to us as you have written it. Bless the time that we'll have. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this psalm is going to be, uh, uh, it's a long psalm, uh, 28 verses. But today we're just going to be focusing on chapter, uh, verses sorry, 1 to 16. We're going to be focusing on verses 1 to 16. And, and I'll just give you a bit of introduction before we get into this psalm. Um, psalm 73 is, is a psalm written by someone named uh, Asaph or Asaph however you want to pronounce it, um, and he is the, the author or the writer of this particular psalm. The book of psalm is actually authored by various people. We all think when it's psalms, uh, it's David. David wrote the whole thing. Uh, that's not the case. It's a comp- uh, compilation of writings that span across 1,000 years, uh, so, so many different contributors. So King David wrote from the 150 psalm, King David wrote 73 of them. 73 chapters that is, Uh, Asaph wrote 12, so Asaph, the person that we're going to be looking into today, he wrote 12 of those chapters, Uh, the sons of Korah, they they are the contributors to this, they wrote nine chapters, King Solomon, who's David's son, he wrote two chapters, Uh, uh, Haman, Ethan, and Moses, they each wrote one chapter, and 51 chapters of the book of Psalm is anonymous, so we don't know who wrote them. Many argue it's David because the language is in the psalm in the way that David normally writes the psalms. So that's just a bit, a bit of a background. And, and the whole purpose of psalm is to provide a poetry uh, for the expression of praise, worship, confession, and prayer to God. So, so that's what the whole purpose of psalm is. It's really the, the private uh, and public prayer life of people, their worship, a lot of the worship uh, uh, music that, that, that even currently people are writing is straight out of the book of Psalms. So it's a lot of musicians that are writing uh, this particular book. Asaph was one of the Levite, Levites that King David uh, assigned as a worship leader in the, tabernacle, uh, in the tabernacle choir. So he was the leader of the choir uh, that existed at that time. He, he was a very skilled singer. He was a poet. And the Bible says in Chronicles that he was also a seer or a prophet. So Asaph was multi-gifted, uh, multi-skilled, and, and his children, we learn, are also musicians that followed after him. So he's from the, from the priestly line of the Levites, and, and we see him being the worship leader. Uh, he was a gifted individual who used his gifts to serve the living God. How many can know that we can be gifted, we can be skilled, but we can serve another that's not God? 
But, but this man was someone that used the gifts and skills that he had to serve the living God with. Uh, so the chapters that he wrote is Psalm chapter 50 and then chapter 73 to 83. So I'm focusing on, on 73 today. Um, and so let's get into it. Let's get into this particular psalm. I pray that you will be blessed today. Psalm 73 verse number 1. So this is, this psalm begins with his confession. So as a music leader, worship leader, very experienced, he knows the presence of God, uh, he, he, he communes with God, and, and, he, and he begins with this assertion of his confession. He said, surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. The goodness of God is where Asaph begins this particular psalm. Surely we know that God is a good God. He's a good God, especially to those who are pure in heart or to those who are His. Asaph had this conviction that grounded him. But at the same time, this same truth that he was sure about was also the basis of the trouble that he had. We see in this particular psalm the conflict that was waging in the war in the mind of Asaph. There was, there was a war, there's a mental battle that, that Asaph is facing. He's got certain convictions and knowledge about God, but there's observations that he has of reality that conflict with the conviction that he has. I wonder if there's anyone in this room that can, that can testify that, that the realities that I see around me conflict with the theological conviction and grounding that I have. I know God is good, and I know He's good to those that love Him, but, but the reality that's surrounding me does not match up. With the goodness of God. Why do the good suffer but the wicked live freely is basically the, the, the premise of this psalm. Why do the righteous suffer but sinners seem to be succeeding? This psalm allows us to get into the mind of Asaph and into his thought life. It's, it's a psalm that I often turn to and I, and I read over and over again because we don't just read the Word of God to, to tick it off and say, I've read the Old Testament and we say we can brag about to our friends, did you know I've read the whole Bible in a year? That's not the point of reading the Bible, but the Word of God is supposed to sink in our hearts. It's supposed to be grounded in it. The, Bible, the Word of God says meditate on it day and night because whatever we're meditating on, whatever we're chewing inside of our mind, is, is, is the going to be the product of the things that come out of our life. So I think the questions that come out of this psalm is so relevant, especially to our modern age and our modern society. It's a question a lot of people grapple with. God is good, I know that. But what does this mean? It doesn't make sense. So he begins with this confession, surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. Let's go to verse number two. So the confession is there, and then he says this, But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold. Uh, do you know what I love about the Psalms and even the whole Bible? Uh, I've said this multiple times, but we see the rawness of Scripture. 
it doesn't hide anything. It gives us, uh, it gives us the pains, uh, the realities of people's life, and it doesn't aim, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't want us to, to just see the good things, but it sees, it makes us see a glimpse into the life of a worship leader. He's leading the people in the tabernacle, but he's wrestling with questions on the inside of him. I want you to know that these wrestling and these questions that he begins to ask are not questions that he's, he's, he's speaking out loud. It's questions that are waging in his mind. And we'll come to that later on. But he's saying, I know God is good, but as for me, I almost slipped from the path of truth and godliness that I walked on. The grounding of the faith that I had the knowledge that I had, the understanding that I had of the goodness of God, I almost slipped. <laughs> He's saying, I almost lost my path. I almost veered off the path of truth and my foothold was almost lost. I love his honesty. He begins this psalm with honesty. Let's keep going. Verse number three. Why did he almost slip? He said this. For I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. This is the choir leader. This is the man that stands in the, in the tabernacle leading the congregation in worship. He's saying, I, I, I envied when I saw. I envied when I saw. In other words, the slipping began when he took his eyes off the truth that God is good and he began to, to fix his eyes on another thing. Asaph took his eyes off God and began to see the other side. Hence what this message is titled, the here and there. Asaph, he's in a certain predicament over here, but he takes his eyes off here and he begins to look over there. He begins to look over there. I'm going through so much here, but it looks so much better there. Asaph began to look at the arrogant and the wicked. What made the choir leader, who is one of the main guys in the temple worship, to look elsewhere, to look over there? He looked to the other side he looked to the other side of the fence. When he began looking, he began being jealous of what he was seeing. Can you just go to the picture? I just, I just want you to see the reality of this because he, he's in a certain place and, and he looks, that's where he is. Asaph is here and where he is is quite contrary to where he's seeing. He's saying, God, I'm here, but why does it look so much better there? And I know the people that I'm looking at, they're arrogant, and he's going to describe what the kind of person that they are, but why am I jealous of where they are? The grass looks so much greener on the other side. God, I mean, I'm serving you, I'm living for you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it home in the end. I'm serving for you, I'm living for you, I'm living in the right way, I'm, I'm trying to please you with my life, but why do I keep scrolling on Instagram and I begin to see things there and it's so attractive? Because it's painful to live for you, God. But, but the, the, the life of the wicked seems so much more pleasurable. God, why is it that, 
that I'm suffering for, for standing up for you here, but, but it seems like they're, they're enjoying the wickedness that, I, that I'm against over there. So I'm here, but it looks so much better there. God, their there looks so much better than my here. God, I know you are good, but I don't get what's happening in my mind. I don't get why I'm battling all of these things. What did Asaph see there that made him be jealous of what he had here? What did he see there? So let's go to verse number four. He begins to explain what he began to see there. Number one. He said, they have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. God, why is it that, that I'm looking there? They're the wicked. They're the ones that, that, that despise you. They're the ones that reject you. And I'm here, and I might even be suffering here in my body, but why does it seem like they're always in perfect health? <laughs> Paul, Paul copped it for that, actually. Um, they said that, that he had some kind of disability. I don't know what it is. Some say he might have been blind uh, because in one of the letters he said to the Galatians, I believe, if you could take out your eye and give it to me, you would have done so. Uh, so but we don't know what it is. All we know that he said three times, God, I prayed for you to take this infirmity away, but you didn't take it away. So he's, he's, he's here, he's living for God, he's preaching the gospel, but he's suffering here. But right there, they have the six-pack and they have the eight-pack and, 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 I, and I get some sicknesses, but they don't seem to get sick. They, they're in perfect health. And God, what is going on? They seem to have no struggles and their bodies are healthy and strong. The more he looked, the more the envy began to grow in his heart. Verse number five, he continued. They are free from the burdens common to man. They are not plagued by human ills. <laughs> they seem, I, I, I'm over here and I'm going through the normal burdens that life itself brings. What are the normal burdens that life brings? I mean, when you have children, that's another burden that you see. You begin to be worried about your children. You begin to, to see your children acting up. But you see over there, it seems like they have a very good family and things are going well there. God, the, the, the things that are common to all human beings, I, I'm going through it here and I'm believing for breakthrough and I'm believing for, for, for things to get better. But, but as, as I'm here... I just took a glance there, and it, and it seems so much better there, God. Why does my here look so much worse than there there? What's going on, God? And the psalmist continues to, to, to protest to God. He continues to, not I wouldn't say argue, but he's pouring out his heart to God. Seems like they're immune from the common burdens of life. Verse number six to nine. Let's read it together. Therefore, God, pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. From their callous hearts comes iniquity. Um, the proper translation, if you have NIV Bible, it says this, their eyes bulge with fat, meaning whatever they see, they get. <laughs> whatever they see, they get. 
Verse number seven, from their callous hearts comes iniquity. The evil conceit of their minds know no limits. They scoff, they speak with malice, and in their arrogance, they threaten oppression. Their mouths lay claim of heaven, and their tongues take possession of the earth. God, what's going on? I'm looking there, but my here does not make sense. God, why does nothing happen to them? I mean, they wear pride as the necklace. They're so prideful and arrogant about their wickedness. And, and, and you should be good to those who love you, but it seems like you're better to them than you are to me. Because they, they're opposing you, God. They're arrogant. They wear pride as their necklace, but it seems like nothing happens to them. They are boastful about what they do. They, they, they don't hide it. They brag about what they do. They show off about the things that they're doing. And because it's so, it's so plain inside, I can't help but look. And when I look, I get confused, God. Because you told me that in Psalms chapter 1, blessed are those that do not walk in the path of the wicked. God, you, I know this truth about you that, that when I stay on your path, you bless my way, that you look after me. But what it doesn't make sense, God, because it seems that they're more blessed than I am. And therefore, my heart is becoming more and more envious of their position. And I sometimes, God, if I'm honest, I want to trade their place. I wish sometimes, God, that I can live a day, a day in, the, in the life of the rich and the fame and the wealth and the wealthy because they seem like they have it all together. God, what's going on? They see themselves better than others. They seem to get whatever their eyes desire. They mock and they're arrogant and you do nothing about it, God. I'm here and I'm, and I'm suffering uh, for being a person that loves you and follows you, but it seems like you're not, you don't even care about what they're doing over there. He said their mouth claims to heaven, meaning they speak as if they are the complete authority. They don't hold anything back. They don't have any fear of God. God, they, 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 they claim like they are the authority. They're it. There is no God. There is nothing about the, the, uh, the supernatural world. They deny all of that. It's as if they're God. And, and they, they act like a God. They live like it. They talk like it. But I'm here as a worship director. And I'm leading people away from me and to you. But, but sometimes, God, I have to be honest with the things that are waging war in my mind. You know, one of the things that I've seen is... is in my walk with God is that God can handle, he can handle the wars that are waging in your mind. I've gone to God so many times when, when, when I've been confused and I've been lost about certain things and, and I don't understand it and I've gone to him and one truth that I came uh, and I can tell you today is that God can handle our questions. God can handle our war that's waging in our mind. God, they speak without any regard for you and your command. While I'm here living by your command. But now I'm looking and I'm gazing over there. And it's attractive what's there. 
Sometimes, God, I, I, I really, I'm, I'm about to, to, to just really fall back because I'm hanging on a hinge. Because, God, I really want to be there because it's painful sometimes to be here. God, what's going on? The grass looks so much greener on the other side. And then he goes, continues, verse 10 to 12. <laughs> he said, therefore, their people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance. In other words, therefore God, because of this, the arrogance and their pride, and nothing happens to them, and they're always prospering and succeeding. I mean, whatever job they're doing, they, it doesn't matter how they're doing it. I don't know that, but all I know is that they're succeeding. They're the managers. They're the bosses. They're the ones that are in charge, and I'm here, and I'm laboring hard, and I'm obeying you, Lord. I want to pay my taxes in the right way. Come on, and I want to I want to do my job the right way, but they're scamming. They're cheating. They're lying. They're backbiting the, the the boss and yet they're getting promoted while I'm in the same position that I'm in God what is going on over there and that doesn't make sense about my here so he's saying they consume look what he said therefore their people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance therefore people run to these guys and 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 they they just consume whatever they say their voices are heard they say God doesn't do anything. Let's, let's keep going. <laughs> Verse number 11. They say, how can God know? Does the Most High have knowledge? Can you see their arrogance? How can God know? I mean, we're doing all these things. You say there is a God, and you say that, that He's a holy God, and you say that He detests all these things, but we're doing it. What's happening? Nothing is happening. So, so, so the arrogance is, is, is vocal, they're loud about it, and, and, and they're speaking, and they're being heard. People are consuming everything that they're saying. God, what's going on over there? Because I'm confused over here. Verse number 12. God doesn't know anything. And then listen to verse number 12. This is what the wicked are like. Always carefree. They increase in wealth, or they go on amassing wealth. This is what they like, God. They just always are increasing in wealth. They live a carefree life. I mean, when I see them on Instagram and Snapchat, they seem to be the fun, the cool people to hang out with. Because what I, what I, I'm, I'm praying and, and, I'm, and I'm just fighting, Lord, for righteousness and for purity for you to change the way that I look at women, God. But over there, they've got ladies on their side and they just continue to amass it. They show it off. They don't care about anything. And God, you're not doing anything how is that just God I began with the presupposition that you're a good God but is that good God God is that good that over there that that's going on and you're not doing anything over here they are always prospering and they're carefree and then he switches the conversation now he's saying my feet almost slipped because I looked over there. But now, God, let me talk to you about my here. My here. Because my here as well is a bit confusing. Let's see what he said. Verse number uh, 13. I'll read verse 13 to 16. And then we'll finish it for today. Next week, we're going to get into the turning point of this particular psalm. And it's going to bless, bless your life, I believe. But he said this. 
Surely, in vain, I have kept my heart pure and I've washed my hands in innocent. God, if the wicked are prospering, if the wicked are blo- blos- uh, blossoming, if the wicked are not dying, uh, uh, earlier on, other translations say they, they die in peace. Asaph is saying that it seems like even their death is in peace. They have no, no, uh, no worries, no cares in life, God. But, but it seems like what I'm doing, God, the way that I'm living is all in vain. I have, I have kept my heart pure before you. I have, I have served you. I have lived for you. And it seems like it's all in vain, God, that all of this that, that I'm doing is pointless, God. You see how when you continue to gaze and to look that your perception and your understanding and your conviction begins to get distorted and you don't know it but slowly slowly but surely you are slipping away you are slipping away and 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 you begin to to begin to reason in ways that you would never reason before you begin to 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 look at things in the way that you haven't looked at things before and Asaph is saying surely all of this was in vain it's in vain that I live in innocence and purity because they seem better off than I am God Listen to what he kept on saying. Verse 14. All day long I have been afflicted, God, and every morning brings new punishments. He's he's looking at at how it is to live the righteous life that God has has called us to live. And it hasn't changed in the New Testament. Because we think that, that we shouldn't be suffering, we shouldn't be, that's the message that's preached. Come to Jesus, he takes away all of your pain, no more worries, no more thing. You're going to have all health, you're going to have all prosperity, you're going to be blessed. And we cancel out a lot of passages when Jesus said, they will hate you because they heard it, hated me first. So take heart, do not be afraid of them. I have overcome the world and I will be with you to the very end. Uh, we, we forget scriptures like how we also partake in the sufferings of Christ as much as we do the blessings of Christ. God, look at my here now. Every day I get up, it seems like I'm, I'm living in agony because you have to understand, church, that the walk The Christian walk, the Christian life is not a smooth life. The Christian life, every day you're waging war with the enemy. Every day you're in a battle for sin. You're in a battle with the temptations that are around you. That's why I I, I just get up and I'm driving down the road and there's signs everywhere and there's things trying to get your attention and every day is a battle. If there's someone that says to you, it's easy to be a Christian, they're lying to you. I'm telling you, every day we, we fight, we fight, we fight every day. Say no, no to ungodliness. Every day we say no to unrighteousness. Every day we run away from sin. Every day we flee from the evil desires and we run and pursue the things of God. God, I'm, I'm, my here seems to be painful. I, I, I feel like I'm being punished every single day. Every single morning, it seems like there's new, new burdens that are coming. I overcome this hurdle, and now another challenge comes. And, and I'm saying, God, all right, I'm tired, but I trust you for my family, but now I lose my, career, I lose my job. And it doesn't make sense because I should be blessed in my workplace. I should be promoted like 
he's promoted, like she's promoted, but why am I losing my job? Why is my family in a chaotic situation? Why is my mind feels like it's going to explode? So my here is miserable, then they're there. And God, I'm, I'm, I'm almost slipping and, and I'm very tempted to go to the other side and I want to trade places with them. There's a show on TV called Trading Spouses or Trading Houses, something like that. And the idea is, because we all believe the narrative that it's greener on the other side. So the premise of that show is, all right, go and live with that family for two weeks. So they switch wives or switch husbands. And, and sometimes I say, if I went on that show, I mean, God help the man that would come to my house and, and be with you for two weeks. I'm going to cop it later on anyways. And, 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 and sometimes she might be thinking that God help the woman that comes and switches places with me. And, and we will always think that that family looks like they've got it way together than my family. God, they don't even know you. And, 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 and they're sweet. They've got a business. They've got all this going on. But here, I'm, I'm struggling job after job. And, and I get this job and, and I'm, things are going well. And I'm, and I'm honest. And I'm trying to do my job faithfully, God. But then I, I, this happens to me. And he's saying, every day seems like it's a pain in following you, in living for you. Notice I've been saying throughout the whole time, it seems like. Next week, I'll share why I kept saying that. And then he kept on going. Hmm. This is big wisdom. Verse 15. If I had said, if I had spoken out like that, I would have betrayed your children. This is where we begin to see that everything that is spoken until now is a mind battle. He's saying, God, I'm a worship leader. I'm in a place of influence, God. If I began to grab a bunch of people and speak out these things that I'm saying, God, I would lead so many of them astray because I confess every single day that you are good, that you are just. I've, I've, wrote, I've wrote many songs for you, God. I've served you in many ways. I've written about your goodness. I've, I've done all of these things, but there's a wisdom. There's a wisdom in what he's saying here. There's some things that you just got to speak to God about and not people about, but you see, we're so quick to speak to people and we some we saw you know we, we we struggle to speak to God about some things that we should be speaking to him about we speak to people God I'm in this predicament and 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 yet I should be running to you and yet I keep going there I keep running to people when I should be speaking to you we see we see a wisdom in how he handles it If I would have spoken what I am thinking, I would have misled people. There's a wisdom in what he's saying there. And we finish it off in verse number 16. He said this. God, when I tried to understand all of this, it troubled me deeply. God, when I tried to to just figure out what is going on, you can go to the picture now because I'm just going to st- stay on the picture. He said, God, if I, if I try to just sit down and try to just comprehend why does bad things happen to good people, if I, like Joseph, stood 
Lord Jesus, if I was like Joseph in the pit and tried to just understand how the dream and how honoring you got me here, I would lose my mind. God, if I'm here and I begin to think like Joseph, why am I in this prison when I try to honor you, when I try to live for you, God? Why am I in this place, God? I I cannot comprehend it. I cannot understand how you work, God. Your sovereign hand is too lofty for me. I cannot fathom the way that you work. And so, God, I, I, I don't know what to do. My mind feels like it's exploding. I can't talk to another, so I come and I speak to you. He said, I tried to understand all of these things. But it looks like it's an impossible thing for me to figure out. <laughs> Church, I want to say a couple of things here before I finish. What are you looking at? I want to speak to those that are here. This afternoon, this is the people that I want to speak to. You're here. My question to you this afternoon is, what are you looking at there? You see, Asaph was disappointed because he started looking there. He was dissatisfied. And he was in delusion. He, he's here, but he's fixing his eyes there. He's saying, God, I, I almost slipped. I almost lost my here because I was gazing there. And my question for us this afternoon, what are we gazing there that we should be not gazing at, but st- uh, looking and fixing our eyes here? Where are our eyes fixed? What are we realizing that we're losing when we're looking over there. You know, one of the things that I was thinking about when I was preparing this is, especially in the society that we're living in now, the platforms that are there to see there are so many. How many times do you scroll throughout the day what's happening over there? How many times do you see on your Instagram and, 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 and you're trying to, to live for God, but you see, you see people that are just boastful and prideful over there that are living at large over there and they seem happy, they seem content, they seem joyful. And, and one of the things that I've seen on social media is that, that, that you can fake it. So much so that you just put snippets of your life. You, you put the, the parties. Yeah, we're, we're having a good time. It's on Instagram. After two minutes, you sit back down on the chair and you're just rolling down on the, on the Instagram again. You're scrolling and then you have to put another snap. And you're like, yeah, living it up. Yeah. And then you go down and you begin to just scroll through. And, and, and the reality is that over here, which was really over there, is not really what it seems like. I love my, my friend what he said. His name is Eric. He said, yo, yo, do you know why the grass is green on the other side? Do you know why it looks so much better here? It's because the grass on the other side is a fake grass. And you see, fake grass is not really grass at all. Fake grass is there for looks. Fake grass is there for the eyes. But fake grass does not have life. Church, the, the, the grass looks greener on the other side because it's fake. The more we look, 
the more we slip. I want you to understand that, especially the young people here, it begins with looking because whatever you're looking is a gateway to the soul. Because what you're looking at there will begin to have a certain desires in your heart. So it begins with looking. It begins with the people that you're following. We don't preach this in the church. We're scared because we'll lose members. It begins with the people that we're following. There's some people we need to unfollow because we look at their life and they seem like they're getting it together and so we're envious and jealous of their life that they're in. And so we, we begin to slip and we don't know it and surely but slowly we're going to end up over here. And we're like, God, I mean, I was there a minute ago. Why am I here? I remember growing up, I can understand this more more better because I used to be an expert at that. I used to be an expert. I, I used to be over, over, over here on the other side and, and I used to live it up. I used to be in the parties and I used to drink and I used to be with the females and I used to do all of those things and I'm here and I kid you not, and I say this before God and I'm fake it and no one has any idea what is going on inside there and I put this front that I'm a happy guy I'm the I'm just happy and making everyone laugh and I'm having a good time but I'm miserable on the inside and there was there was a documentary that I saw about uh, this DJ that passed away not too long ago Avicii and and I was on the plane coming from New Zealand and seeing this documentary and and he's a DJ that was loved by many Avicii I mean whatever song he touches turns to gold and and you see in this documentary the camera's following him around and he's living it up and he's got all the millions of dollars he's got all the ladies in the after party but you see the cameras in the after party when they're recording him he was depressed he has all the money he has all the stuff that he needs, but he needed something that money cannot buy him. He needed the gospel that you and I have over here. That's what he needed when he was there. That's why we're, we're, we're not supposed to be mixing there, but we're supposed to be embracing here and going to the other side and not to join with them, but to drag them over here. And we're supposed to live a life that says, I want you to see that what you seem to have is not really something that you have. And if you were to be honest with yourself, you know yo-yo. 16-year-old yo-yo, 17-year-old yo-yo. You know that you're miserable, you are borderline suicidal, and you know if the enemy had his way, you would be destroyed. It seems, it seems perfect there because it's not really what it seems like. It's edited here. It's filtered here. It's cropped. It's, 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 it shows us that it's a good thing here, but it's not really the case. And I guess the question that Asaph is asking is thousands of years later what they asked Jesus to the man that was born blind. God, why was he born blind? It must be because he sinned or his parents sinned. I love what Jesus said, neither, hallelujah, because as human beings, we, we like connecting dots. Why, um, why is that person going through things here? It must be because they're doing something wrong. Jesus said, neither. He's saying, I'm preparing him to be a, a vessel to show off my glory. I want to finish by saying this thing. I know there's so many people in here 
if you have understood the gospel, if you have understood what it means to follow Jesus, not to say a prayer at a certain point in your life, but to know the daily struggles of what it means to be here, I want you to know something. Don't you dare forget what it was like over there. Because as Christians, sometimes we have amnesia. Yeah. Yeah, because we're here now, we, we have inner peace, we have inner turmoil, we have inner, inner courage, we have, we have conviction, we have freedom, we know how we used to be there, the fake life, the, the fake it till you make it life, the one that you live for people life, the one that you hide things from your leader's life, the one that you hide from people life, the miserable life, and now you're over here and you forget what it was like to be over there. That's why you get comfortable in sitting here because you forgot what it means to be there. And God is saying today that if you, if you would see the discomfort over there, the fake reality over there, I want that to motivate you, to push you, to get out of your seat and go over there because there's, a, there's people that are hurting here. And we're called as the church not to judge the people over there, not to look down about the people that are over there, but to go on a rescue mission. Hallelujah. Church, let us never forget how we used to be over there. (laughs) How we made it look like over there when we were really empty. Next week, I'm going to show you how, how this psalm turns and what happened for Asaph to begin to get answers to the questions that he had and I want you to now just think about the message that you heard today and I want you to think to remember if you've especially been a Christian for a long time you forget what it what it's like to be over there that's why we don't have any motivation any passion to see people over there come to here we don't have any drive inside of us. We, we don't care. But, but if you were remembered, there was someone when you were desperate, when you were lost, when you were in the wrong path, God used someone that was over here to, to come to you over, over here. And he said to you, my child, or whoever it was, however you came to Christ, God used another person. Don't forget that. And God is saying, now that I've pulled you out, my child, now you go to them and bring them to where I want them to be. Next week, you're going to be blessed to see the eye-opening revelation that Asaph has as he communicates with God. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this message today. I thank you that you are a God who is good. Lord, we will praise you over here when it seems so much greener over there. But I pray that today, this afternoon, that we walk away with this truth of knowing God, that over there is, looks greener because it's fake. Lord, help us to not run away to anything else, Lord, to grapple with these questions that come across in life, but to run to your presence, God. And God, I thank you that you are raising such a generation, God, who are real and authentic with you, God, who are not afraid to come to you just as they are, Lord, with their, with their questions, with their emotions, God. God, I pray that you break off the fear of man in this place, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, God, that the thing that stops us from coming to you because we, we care about how we look before others, Lord, break that off in the mighty name of Jesus. 
God, we pray that you will help us, like Asaph, to be, to be real with our emotions, to be real with, that, with our mindset and the things that are going on in our, in our spiritual life, Lord, with the questions that we have, Lord, with the, with the emotions that we're feeling, with the anger, with the, with the disillusion, with the disappointments that are waging on inside of us, Lord, that we will not suffer in silence, Lord, but we'll begin to be real with the questions that we have. And Father, I pray as we continue to learn, to learn the revelation that Asaph had, Lord, to see what he began to see, I pray that you would open our eyes, God, that you will help us to see what it means like to be over here and not be envious or jealous of what's going on over there. Father, I pray that you will give us wisdom to not continue to look at what's happening over there. Father God, that we would have wisdom to, 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 to know that whatever we keep looking at will eventually begin to cause us to begin to slip. And Lord, help us to not gaze and continue to gaze and continue to look. Give us wisdom to unfollow some people. Give us wisdom to, to not look at certain places, Lord, and help us to fix our eyes on you, to fix our eyes on you. Let us not remove our eyes from you, God. I thank you for what you've done today, God. And I pray that you bless the, the week that's in front of us, that you help us to understand what it means like to walk with you over here, God. Help us to see what you helped Asaph to see. Lord, bless the week and bless every single person in this room. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.